George. Paul George with his eighth rebound to go along with 27 points. Clippers are down by six. George, can he do it again? Yes! What's up, what's up, what's up, L.A. basketball fans? It's your boy, L.A. Ray Harris of L.A. Courtside. And this podcast is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and is sponsored by DraftKings.com. And, of course, this is a Laker and Clippers-centric show. Uh, today's episode will be, however, just on the L.A. Clippers and their important 99-94 to victory last night over OKC. But before I get to that particular game last night, today is voting day. And, of course, you guys know on my podcast, I generally don't get into politics. I'm not going to get deep into politics today. But I do just want to let everybody know that you should go out and vote today, whether you're voting in your city, whatever municipality you stay in, your state, uh, federally. I know there's a huge election going on in Virginia that will have ramifications on either the Democrat or Republican side whoever loses or whoever wins for that matter, no matter what side you're on. Personally, I'm an independent voter myself and I just vote for the best person. I think that's going to do the job. If you suck as a Democrat, I'll say you suck. If you suck as a Republican, I'll say you suck. So just wanted to get that political statement out there. And again, just make sure that you go out and vote because we fought very hard as a country to have that right. So make sure you go out and cast your ballots today. Speaking of sucking, the Clippers for the first five games of the season were really sucking big time. They were only one in four and were not playing good basketball at all. And for the opening half of this game against OKC, they were still sucking. This team, the Clippers I'm referring to, was one out of 16 at one point from distance, from three-point land, from the three-piece stripe, as I call it. One out of 16, and I'm watching that game, and I was like, are you serious? Are you freaking kidding me? It didn't matter who was jacking them up there, whether it was Paul George, who got hot in the second half, and I'll get to him for sure in a moment, Bledsoe, Reggie Jackson, Batum, it didn't matter. Luke, T-Man, they were all just throwing up bricks. I, you know, remember that song, Brick House, Brick House, bricks all day long. That's what it sounded like last night in the first half. But in the second half, the Clippers got it together and pretty much had their way down the stretch with OKC by outscoring them in the fourth quarter, 33-20. to 20. And again, this team was led by the alpha dog, Paul George, who at the end of the day played 40 minutes, 11 out of 24 from the field, 5 of 8 from beyond the arc, 
five or six from the free throw line. I can go on and on about this guy. Nine rebounds, seven assists, three steals, one block. Talk about doing it all. This guy is carrying this team on his back without Kawhi Leonard. But that's to be expected. Paul George, when he's on top of his game, he is definitely one of the top seven to ten players in this league. Easily. I, w- I would put him no worse than number seven. And you have your, of course, you have your top guys. You have your LeBron Jameses of the world. You have your Kevin Durant. You have your James Harden. Uh, I would personally I'd rather have Paul George than Harden myself. And uh, you have a few others that's in that top echelon. When Paul George is on top of his game, there's not too many players in the league that is as smooth as he is. I mean, this guy, obviously, he can shoot it from deep. He recovered from that poor first half and then ended up being five out of eight from beyond the arc. So not only can he shoot that deep three, he has the mid-range game. I mean, he he he, he posts whoever's guarding him. It really doesn't matter whether they're taller than him, shorter and faster than him. He dribbles that ball inside the arc, uh, around, right around the elbow, and he'll fire up that jumper right in your face. Bottoms. Splash. Right in your mug. That's what Paul George does. Now, sometimes he can be inconsistent and not have these type of games, but more often than not, these are the type of games that Paul George is, is, will, will have. And he's averaging around 27, 28 points per game so far. It's the rest of this squad that are somewhat struggling a little bit. As I mentioned in the first half, or let's say the first quarter, OKC held a 23 to 14 lead in the first quarter. And again, the Clippers were not shooting the ball well at all. Still looking for Reggie Jackson to find his groove. He played 39 minutes, but he was only 5 out of 17 from the field. Hit a couple of nice shots in the second half, a couple of big shots in the second half, as this game was really, really close in the second half. But throughout the game, 5 out of 17 is just not going to cut it. I'm not sure that Paul George can keep having this team on his back or carrying this team on his back all the way until the time that Kawhi Leonard returns, which by most accounts won't be until the all-star break in 2022 or even a little bit after that. I mean, this guy's expending a lot of energy, 40, 40 minutes a game all the way through the all-star break and you're carrying this team. Hey, but if anybody can do it, maybe the alpha dog can. Paul George, man, he's getting it done. Just flat out getting it done. But Reggie Jackson is going to have to pick up the pace. I hate bringing up money a lot because, you know, these players deserve to get whatever they get paid. But, you know, as a fan and and you sit back and watch as someone who pays money to see the games. And that's what we do. That's why they call us fanatics. You know, we can talk about the cash, the cheese, the cheddar the stacks that these guys make. Reggie Jackson just signed that contract extension for 22 stacks. Stacks meaning million, by the way. These young millennials, that's what they told me. 22 stacks, 11 million per year. The contract extension that Reggie Jackson signed. Right now, in my opinion, he's not living up to that, but I'm sure, I'm sure as the season rolls along, Reggie Jackson will pick up the pace And he'll start playing the way that he was playing at the end of the playoffs last year, all the way through the Western Conference Finals when they lost to Phoenix. 
They're going to need that because, again, Paul George is expending a lot of energy carrying his team on his back, and eventually it may catch up to them. So this victory was is really, I'm not going to say it was a must win by the Clippers, but you just can't lose to OKC at home after going one and four. You just can't. Even though this OKC team is, even though they're the youngest team in the league, you know, they have some pretty good pieces on that team. And I'll tell you one thing. I mentioned this after the uh, OKC Thunder beat the Lakers a few days ago. Shea Gill, I call him Shea Gill. It's Shea Gill, just Alexander. Shea Gill for short, 28 points, 40 minutes, 11 out of 23 from the field, 3 of 5 from beyond the arc. You see the way this kid shoots the ball? He kind of shoots it from from the hip almost. He got a, he's got a really quirky outside shot. But I tell you what, it's all bottoms, boy. When he's on his game, he's I'm not going to say he's unstoppable, but he's really, really fun to watch. Seven rebounds, a couple of assists, a couple of steals. The guy just plays really well. And I also like, <clears throat> excuse me, I also like the rookie, uh, Giddy from Australia. I mean, this kid is fearless, man. 35 minutes. He was only 6 out of 15 from the field, 1 of 4 from beyond the arc. But he handles that ball really, really well, and he's a distributor. You know, he's kind of a, a, a fancy type of player. Almost reminds me a little bit of Ricky Rubio. He's a little bit taller than Rubio. He had 5 rebounds, 7 assists. He can handle that pill, baby. He's not afraid of anything. He's going to be one of the top rookies in this league. And then Baisley, Darius Baisley, the guy who uh, pissed off Russell Westbrook by dunking at the end of that Lakers game, ended up with 15 points on 5 of 12 shooting. But at the end of the day, the Clippers just had too much talent for the OKC Thunder. Now, before this game started, uh, Ty Lue, or the day before Ty Lue, kind of hinted that there may be some sort of a starting lineup change. But as the starting lineups were announced, it was the same starting lineup of Batum, uh, Visha Zubats, uh, Jackson Bledsoe, and George. And I was thinking, you know, if Ty Lue did make a change in the starting lineup to try to infuse a little bit more offense, you know, who would he put in that starting lineup? It would have had to have been between Terrence Mann and uh, Luke Kennard. Cool man, Luke. Now, those two played a total of 62 minutes yesterday. 32 for Terrence Mann, 30 for Luke Kennard. Did not have the greatest of shooting days. Combined, they were 8 out of 24. Terrence Mann was uh, 0 for 5 for beyond the arc. And, you know, although he's not the greatest shooter in the world, especially from beyond the arc, I expect a little better from Terrence Mann. And again, Terrence Mann will pick up the pace as the season rolls along. But when he's in the game, however, they were plus 16 in the plus minus column. Terrence Mann was plus 16, led the Clippers in that category. So good things happen when Terrence Mann is on the floor. If this kid can get his shooting touched together, you know, just, just a little bit better than what he does right now, it's going to be a very, very good player in this league. Cool man Luke. Luke Kennard, the guy just was just all on last year. You guys know me. If you listen to any other Clipper episodes of all over Luke Kennard, 16 stacks per year, baby, $16 million a year for four years. And last year, in my opinion, he was not earning that cheddar. But now, I tell you what, Luke Kennard comes off of that bench. 
and what I like about him uh, as a contrast from this year as opposed to last year is he's going to jack it up, man. That's what they need him to do. He's not the best defender in the world. He's certainly not the worst, but they need him to shoot the basketball. And that's what he comes in, and that's what he does. He was 4 out of 10 overall from the field. All four of them was from beyond the arc. He comes off of those curls, and when he's behind that three-point line, he does not hesitate. That's what they need him to do. He's a very, very good shooter. Four out of eight, 50%. Had, a, had four rebounds, plus 11 in the plus-minus column. Now, I thought if there was going to be a change in the starting lineup that Ty Lue would possibly put Luke Kennard in the starting lineup over – Eric Bledsoe, who was only two of eight from the field, or four from beyond the arc. Eric Bledsoe is not a three-point shooter. But again, like I mentioned in my last episode, he's also not Ben Simmons. He's not afraid to shoot, and you should not be afraid to shoot. So even though he's not the best shooter in the world, you have to make the defense respect you, and you have to shoot that pill up if you are open. And that's what Bledsoe does. But Last night, he was not effective from uh, beyond the arc. He did play 26 minutes, but he also plays stellar defense, and that's what he's really on this team for. One of the really, really bright spots last night in this game was Hartenstein, 18 minutes, 12 big boards, and they needed all of those rebounds in the second half. They needed them all. The Clippers came back from being down double digits, and – they just put a chokehold on OKC down the stretch. Hartenstein played a huge role in that, getting all of those rebounds. He only scored two points. That's okay. But he had 12 big rebounds. Four of them was offensive, keeping the ball alive, giving the Clippers second chances. And I tell you what, he played very, very well in the preseason, and he earned that backup center spot on this basketball team. He definitely earned it. Harry Giles was his competition. He outplayed uh, Harry Giles in the preseason and earned that spot, and he's playing some valuable minutes. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when Serge Ibaka comes back along with Marcus Morris. Uh, some thought that they were going to both be back in this game. Now, in the next couple of games, they play at Minnesota twice in a row. How that happens uh, from an NBA schedule, I don't know, but it is what it is, and maybe you'll see both of those guys. But as far as Ibaka goes, uh, and Ty Lu, how is he going to implement Avisha Zubak, Serge Ibaka, and Hartenstein? If Hartenstein is giving you some valuable minutes like he did last night. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Ibaka returns. I would assume that Marcus Morris Sr., as long as that knee is healthy, he will be in the starting lineup probably in place of Nick Batum. Nick Batum, by the way, had a pretty decent game. Five out of ten from the field, four of eight from beyond the arc for 14 points, eight rebounds as well, and a couple of steals. He would be a valuable guy coming off the bench. When Marcus Morris returns, and if he is healthy, as I mentioned, I would bring Batum off the bench, just my opinion. So, again, a very, very, very big victory for the Clippers last night, even if it was just over the OKC Thunder. Now these next couple of games, again, against Minnesota, who has some very good players. Carl Anthony Towns, to name one. Anthony Edwards, to name another one. Those guys are very good. Also, their third wheel, D'Angelo Russell. That's a nice threesome right there, baby. And you better come to play at Minnesota. You better come to play or they can easily drop those two games. 
So let's hope the Clippers have gained some momentum with this victory over the OKC Thunder. And uh, they can go uh, go on and reel off a few victories in a row. When when uh, Kawhi Leonard returns, whenever he returns uh, next season or next year, I'm sorry, next year, the Clippers should be in a pretty good spot where you know Leonard can just jump right in there and propel them into a nice playoff run. I would suspect that the Clippers, even if Kawhi Leonard did not come back at all. The Clippers are definitely going to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of what seed they would end up at. I would think they would be no worse than, say, a six, six seed, maybe a five, something like that, without Kawhi Leonard. And when the playoffs start, who knows? Who knows what may happen when the playoffs start? Anybody can win. Anybody can win. So, And, and the Clippers proved last year that they can win without Kawhi Leonard. They made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals without Kawhi Leonard or after Leonard got hurt in that Utah series. They made it to the Western Conference Finals before they finally succumbed to the Phoenix Suns. So again, big victory. Big victory by the Clippers last night. Let's see if they can keep that momentum going. Before I get to my next segment going around the NBA, let's have a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. The NBA is back in that DraftKings Sportsbook an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. The key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 and oh yeah, Washington. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skinned in the game with new same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more lays you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Rolling with Vucevic. Out to DeRozan. Steps into a long three. Bang, bang, bang. He was playing in Europe for four years before the Celtics invited him to a summer league camp. DeRozan! Oh. I'll tell you what. The Bulls are on fire. Fire! It's perfect. Fire! Bulls.com slash city. Bulls.com slash city. DeMar DeRozan oh, let me get some in. butter with that roll. Nice roll to the basket. All right, all right, all right. L.A. Welcome to the second segment of L.A. Courtside. Again, this podcast is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. 
Did you hear the Chicago Bulls announcers? Boy, are they drinking the Kool-Aid in Chicago. It's very well they should be. They're playing very, very good basketball. That announcer, not sure what his name is, but when DeMar DeRozan drained the shot, did you hear him say, the Bulls are on fire, fire, fire. And then in the next little piece, uh, DeRozan hit another shot or rolled to the basket or something, and, and the guy, what what a nice little statement here. How about a little butter with that roll? A little butter with that roll. I thought that was pretty funny. But on this segment around the NBA, this train is going to stop in Chicago really quick. They are off to a very, very good start, and it's really, really good to see. The Bulls have won six out of their first seven games. They are 6-1. to one. The only loss was a one-point loss to the New York Knicks in Chicago, 104-103. to 103. Now, when you look at their schedule, those first three games that they won, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, the Bulls, they didn't play anybody. They beat the Pistons, who, you know, again, I'm from Detroit, guys, but I call it like I say them. If you suck, I'll say you suck. And, yes, the Pistons suck. They're horrible. They're garbage. Chicago beat them two out of three times. They also beat the New Orleans Pelicans without Zion Williamson. Zach Levine is leading the way, uh, scoring close to 30 points a game. He's definitely averaging in the mid-20s per game. And if he's not leading them in scoring, DeRozan is. Now, they also beat the Toronto Raptors, 111-108. to And the biggest test they've had so far was at home against Utah, where they won 107-99. to This last game, yesterday, against the Boston Celtics, who are unraveling already, they beat Boston 128-114 to in Boston, they're already having some infighting. Marcus Smart is saying, I'm tired of just standing in the corner waiting to see what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is going to do with the basketball. So Marcus Smart, he's not happy, and um, that's that's not surprising right there. So that, that guy looks like he's never happy. But there's some infighting going on with Boston already. But getting back to the Chicago Bulls, they're going to have a pretty good test coming up. We're going to see what this team is really, really made of in the next I would say five to six basketball games, seven basketball games. They've got the Philadelphia 76ers in a home and home starting on Wednesday. That's going to be a huge test with Joel and Bede and um, Tobias Harris and those boys over there. Then they play Brooklyn in Chicago with the beard, with the beard and Mr. Durant, Kevin Durant. And then they play Dallas at home. And they also have to go to Golden State, then to the Clippers, then to the Lakers, and to Portland, and to Denver in a long West Coast trip. So we're going to see what the Chicago Bulls team is made of within the next week, week and a half. But this is a team that just, they're very, very enjoyable to watch. Very enjoyable to watch. Again, you got the veteran in DeRozan it's not like DeRozan's very very old he played 34 minutes in that game against Boston was 15 out of 20 15 out of 20 from the floor three out of four from three-piece land seven rebounds two assists 37 big points you got Vucevic over there who can ball he had 10 rebounds nine assists to go along with 11 points of course you got uh, Lonzo Ball over there for 10 Four of six from three-piece land. Boy, has he improved his shot from three points distance. 
He made four baskets. They were all from three. When was the last time you saw Lonzo Ball do that? He had 12 points, six rebounds, four assists. And, of course, you have the high flyer, Zach Levine, 38 minutes, nine out of 20. He was only one out of eight from three-piece land, but he can definitely shoot better than that. He has seven assists uh, and scored 26 points. So this team is very, very good, in my opinion. They have another player, a rookie, who I am very, very high on. I mentioned him in one of our previous episodes, uh, Mr. I.O. Dasun move from the University of Illinois. Smooth shooting guard. If you guys have not seen him play, Google him up. Io Dasunmu, last name spelled D-O-S-U-N-M-U, from the city of Chicago. 22 minutes, 6 out of 6 from the field. 14 points. Very, very good player. Very, very good player. So it's really good to see the Bulls doing well. It almost seems like since Michael Jordan retired, from that team, they really haven't been relevant at all. So hopefully this year they can make some noise, not saying that they're going to be the beast of the East or anything like that. But this team, the way they're playing so far anyway, should be a playoff team. I mean, they just steamrolled Boston in the fourth quarter of this game, 39 to 11. And again, Boston, they're only two and five. So uh, there's already some, uh, noise in Boston going on about what's, what the heck is going on with this basketball team. But the Chicago Bulls, so far, they're taking care of business. And, again, we'll see what happens with that team in the next week, week and a half. So, with that, L.A. basketball fans, Clipper fans, and Laker fans, thanks again for listening to L.A. Courtside Pod. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes of this podcast, Make sure wherever you, uh, whatever platform that you use to get your podcast from, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google, Apple, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcast from, just look up LA Courtside Pod and you will find it and subscribe and uh, you won't miss any future episodes. The next episode that I will have, I will speak on the Los Angeles Lakers. Again, on this podcast, I try to keep both of these teams separate. Clippers and the Lakers I'm referring to. There's some episodes where I will talk about both of them, depending on the schedule. But for the most part, I will separate these episodes because I do understand, hey, sometimes when I'm talking about the Clippers first and then the Lakers fans will just tune it out. Or if I'm talking about the Lakers first and the Clippers second, the Clippers fans will tune it out. There are some fans of Los Angeles that really like watching both of these teams. But for the most part, I try to keep the episodes uh, pretty much separate. Unless, of course, they're playing each other. Then I'll talk about them both. But in any event, thanks again for listening. Thank you for all of your support. And until the next episode of L.A. Courtside, peace.